Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the now sixth episode of the I Hate the Antichrist podcast, hosted by your friendly neighborhood, Awe. Uh, thank you for coming with us to Hate the Antichrist. We are here with the Roth Birdian herself. How are you doing? Good, good. As I was saying just previously, you're my third podcast of the evening, and I am not that of a social person. I'm not much of a social person at all, and so this is a weird evening for me, but I'm having fun. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying your foray into uh, podcast guesthood. Uh, My podcast is probably going to be quite a bit different. I don't know if you've seen my uh, other episodes. Yes, I, I, I have seen a bit, yeah. Okay, so um, you know a little bit of what to expect. Um, so, Roth Birdian, um, who are you and what the hell are you doing on my podcast? I am a weird Twitter bird. <laughs> um, no, I am a lady in Boston currently. I made a Twitter account about a year ago, and I began a, a tweeting and I'm still here a year later. All right, all right, and, awesome. Uh, yeah, I guess I've just um the way that I've gotten to know you was through Twitter, and I, I think I've gotten to know you best through the fasting chat that we're in because I meet yeah. the chat in order to talk to people about intermittent fasting and long term fasting in a way that wouldn't make people go re eating disorder re at me. Um, and I think that's where I've talked to you most, actually. Um, it's been nice to get to know you. It's been nice to get to know your opinions on, like, fats and oils and barefoot running. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's been great getting to know you, too. Um, I really like uh, being in the chat with all the folks in there. It's uh, it's yeah. nice being having a place where you can talk about, you know, just decent talk about dieting and food and just how to, you know, body hack, basically. It's self-optimize. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's uh, the only way at this point without access to like an actual like forest to live in that you're going to be able to get your body as healthy as you can. Yeah. And I would say this, I I would, I would say that we have a weird group of people in our intermittent fasting chat. Oh yeah. But, but the prerequisite is that you're open to the idea of fasting. And if you're open to the idea of fasting, you're open to the idea of a lot of other things, which I think is great. Absolutely. Yeah, what other things uh, uh, for you are you into? Like some some more interesting niche stuff. So like fasting is kind of a niche dieting uh, area. What about other areas? Let's see. What do I do my free time other than tweet about liberty on Twitter? Um, God, I, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons, but now our dungeon master is moving away to New Hampshire. Because every libertarian in Massachusetts is moving away to New Hampshire. Um, mm. I like to annoy my boyfriend. I have mm. recently begun playing um, Ultimate Frisbee with people that are in my local area and really not like freaked out by me yet, which <laughs> is good. I like to organize libertarian meetups and we play a lot of board games. Um, okay. Okay. What? what why yeah. would? Why would they be freaked out by you? Um, because, so I think that in my area, it's kind of becoming a thing that if you go to a new meetup, they ask if you're vaccinated. Re, oh my God, that's so yeah. annoying and cringy. Right. But like, I live in a big blue city, so 
so it was it was genuinely a pleasant surprise when I've gone to play ultimate frisbee and nobody was like hey are you vaccinated because I've gone to a different meetup where it came up and people were shocked and they were like, well, you should have told us ahead of time. And I'm like, it's not like I'm a guy that raw dogged you and then said he had AIDS. <laughs> right, like, right, like, right, like, right, you sat at the table with me and then you were assuming it was vaccinated and it turned out it wasn't. And then... Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I live in a very interesting place. I'm in, I don't disclose my direct location. Yeah. Um, I'm a good OPSEC person or mm-hmm. try to be, um, but I am, I'll say I'm in one of the bluest cities in one of the reddest counties in one of the bluest states. Okay. I, ha- I have an idea. So, and just for context, I used to live, you know, California before I moved to Massachusetts. Okay. Um, so I, I have, I think, a better understanding of Californian than your average non-Californian. Or okay. Non-Californian. Uh, Northern California yeah. at all? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I used to live in the Bay Area, but I okay. traveled throughout California. And, um, and I feel, you know, like California is one of those places where um, it is really hard to pin down because it is so giant. Yes. Right. So like if you like there's a saying like if you go to Fresno, you're, you're going to Oklahoma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Um, but uh, the place I live is probably most like um, Fairfield, mm-hmm. um, except there's a lot, a lot of a homeless problem where I live. Anyway, uh, to get back onto the subject matter, oh, yeah. the uh, <laughs> the theme of the day, the nature of the Antichrist we're talking about, is going to be. Um, well, it's going to be based around the theme of the episode is going to be based around the fat acceptance movement, because mm-hmm. um, that's something you and I both think is is quite a negative thing. I, I don't know your your religious affiliation, but my podcast yeah. is mostly religious. So um, if, if you want to bring up what you are religiously, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not anything, actually. I don't believe in God. And it's not me saying I believe there is no God. It's me saying that I don't have evidence personally to believe that God exists, so therefore I can't say that I believe, right? Okay. Have you ever had any kind of, like, mystical experience or metaphysical uh, beliefs or anything? No. So I would say that I, um, like, with the psychedelics I've done, I have felt a closer bond to people that I was expecting to. Mm -hmm. But, um... I just wasn't raised with it, right? Okay. And 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 I think that that's a big deal. Why, right? Like if you're raised in a Jewish family in the former Soviet Union, you just it never clicked for me. But at the same yeah. time, right? Like right. But at, at the same time, I don't mean that I look down on people who do believe. Or oh that, yeah, right? no. Right. It, it's it's more just like. Look, in in harder times of my life, I wish I would have believed. I just don't. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, no judgment here. Just getting a context yeah, for your perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. For perspective for you, I'm a, a Christian anarchist, um, making me a Christian mystic. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my beliefs, we've talked about it in the chat, stem back to the yeah. psychedelic use uh, in Eleusis. Mm-hmm. The Ellicinian mysteries and the heavy links between the original translations of the Bible and the uh, 
writings on the Eleusinian mysteries, which would have been familiar to the Greeks that were reading the Bible at the time the New Testament came out. So that's just a little context from me. Um, one of the things heavily focused on is the uh, the upkeep of the body, making it a temple, um, keeping it up, and in this way the uh, <clears throat> in this way the uh, the body the fat acceptance movement. Um, cause I don't have a problem with body positivity, but fat acceptance is different. You know, body positivity is one thing. If you want to feel good about you at the moment by maybe comparing it, even, even if you don't look good by technical standards at the moment, you might be comparing yourself to before or might've done yourself up. I'm fine with that, but. Or you might be a hot chick with one arm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. catch the nonchalant side of my face. Uh, yeah. um so uh i'd like just to hear your experience with the fat acceptance movement and your uh overall thoughts on it just just a quick synopsis i think it's a cancer and i would say that the fat acceptance movement what bugs me about it most is the way that it has blood down right Mm -hmm. if you were to sort of ask people in our sphere in our you know niche artistic libertarian twitter sphere (laughs) like 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 the faces of the fat acceptance movement like obese models we would say oh yeah that's obese that's not healthy but you'll see a chick weighing 200 pounds being like i'm curvy Mm -hmm. i think that is to me the most depressing and you know disastrous aspect is that women who could be good looking Mm -hmm women who could be quote-unquote in a normal range mm-hmm. or women who could push themselves to be not just fuckable but beautiful yes are going to settle for fuckable and settling think, for fuckable i like that yeah right and and i say this as myself too look right now i weigh a lot more than i used to because i stopped abusing speed and I began eating my feelings. And right now I can't fit into most of the clothes that I own. And I struggle not to cry when I have sex. I struggle not to cry when I see myself in a mirror. Um, and I am working to change that. And people say that I have an eating disorder for trying to change that. And I'm fine if they say that, but I hate that it's a part of our culture that like, I know I'm fuckable. I want to be pretty again. And I hate that it's a part of our culture that we are settling for fuckable. Interesting. Interesting. So not even the health aspect. So not even the health aspect, but just like the, oh, I have a butt, I have boobs, therefore I'm curvy, right? Like, well, that's, Okay, you do. Some lonely man in some bar is willing to fuck you no matter how you look like. Now the question is, do you want to be pretty or do you want to be fuckable? Mm-hmm. And, and and for me, like the bleed down of the fat acceptance movement is the worst. It's not even that like the whales are pretending to be beautiful. It's that the pigs are pretending not to be pigs. And I say this as part piggy. <laughs> Um, so from my perspective, um, de- definitely I, I see where you're coming from. 
and uh, I don't disagree with most of it. Um, uh, personally, uh, I, I gotta say I like a curvy girl, and and the way you hate curvy being used. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but um, uh, it's definitely to a limit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's, there's a certain point where ratios are off, and I think that goes more to fitness and musculature um, yeah. than it does to fat in general. Personally, I think the main problem is people are not understanding that this fat is a sign of something worse because of the acceptance movement. Yeah. They're, they're being tricked into believing it's not a sign of something worse specifically by this fat acceptance movement this beautiful at any size or healthy at any size or it's my genetics i have to have a big frame and right yeah like, like look like I, I i had like i would say i have a wider than normal frame when i was five seven and 118 pounds i felt my frame like mm. Like that's where my frame came into the picture is what I could see my ribs and that, and that actually was really helpful for me to be like, Oh yeah, like this is my frame. There's so, there used to be a lot of fat sitting on this frame before, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, definitely. But, 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 but like, yeah. right. Like it does teach people that like, Oh, just, just that's just kind of how you are as opposed to you put this into your body. Yes, exactly. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't, they don't realize the underlying mechanisms because they've been strung along by corporations and, and business branches of the government that have been pushing food narratives that have been harmful to our health. And now they are in bed with mainstream media pushing food narratives that are harmful to the health without needing to mandate anything because now they have this socio-cultural bullshit about three square meals a day and plenty of carbohydrates. Yeah. I can't believe like the average American will give his or her kids cereal and Pop-Tarts, you know? For breakfast in the morning. I, like it just baffles me and, and and like again like when i moved to america my mom gave me pop cards for lunch when i went to sixth grade and it's not like she did it to harm me she just that was kind of the norm right and i yeah. think that's the scariest part of it right is that it's the norm yep refined and, and unrefined carbs and then i think about like when i have kids I will be that evil parent who isn't feeding them normal breakfast. What will you be feeding your kids? Just curious. Less carbs, less sugar, more meat, more dairy, more healthy fats. That's 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 exactly right? like, what's going to well, make your kids like, healthier than all the other kids. Yeah. Um, your but kids it aren't going to be them obese. Feel like freaks. <laughs> it, but it will make them feel like freaks. Yeah. Well, it might. Um, yeah. but the, you gotta help them understand that the people who are trying to make them feel like freaks are doing it because they feel bad about themselves. They yeah. feel bad in their body and they hate anybody who does anything different to make themselves feel better. Yeah. That's, that's how it, how, that's how it was explained to me when I was running, when I was fat and mm -hmm. people were like, oh, you shouldn't run when you're fat. That's, that's such bullshit. It is such bullshit. Now, you shouldn't try to sprint with big old floofy marshmallow shoes on when you're fat. Yeah. yeah. But you should still get cardio. You should still run. You need to get your heart to pump 
faster than its standard speed. It's faster than that. What if you're if you're heavy, 90, 100 mile, 100 uh, beats per uh, beats per minute resting, 60 if you're de- decently healthy. Um, it's, it's and blood pressure going through the roof as well. And this all leads back to the different uh, health uh, different health standards that have been pushed by different corporations in the government. Um, what's been your experience with <clears throat> people supporting bits of the food uh, food or uh, what, what am I trying to say? The food movement, the uh, this how do you how do how do I even put it the food pyramid standard it's not a movement it's just the standard i guess the status quo i guess is the word i'm looking for so i i would say this i've gotten to very low weight before mm-hmm. just by pure calories in calories out mm-hmm. because i was on speed mm-hmm. and i didn't feel hunger to me that was the most like explicit sign of how hey you can get down to a lower weight by fewer calories in calories out but right after you quit it's really hard when you actually feel hungry and then you have to think about the kind of food that you eat yes and and you have to think about how to manage your hunger levels and not refeeding yeah and, and so i would say two things happened one, I met my boyfriend, and my boyfriend introduced me to intermittent fasting. For a long time, I couldn't figure out why he didn't want to eat breakfast with me, because I kept asking him, and he was like, oh, I'm not in mood, no, you know, like, I'm not really a breakfast person. And he didn't explicitly mention intermittent fasting for, like, the longest time. So I think for, like, for months, I just thought, oh, Ted doesn't want to eat breakfast with me because he doesn't like me. You know, and then he actually said, like, oh, I've actually lost a lot of weight because I eat one meal a day. I was like, oh, that explains, you know, (laughs) I was just like, I'm like, here I was thinking, I just, you don't want to have breakfast with me. Um, And then I have met a friend through a local libertarian meetup who has Crohn's and who has managed to like basically undo a lot of the side effects of it and manage it pretty well by eating keto. Right. So, so basically, and my friend Jim was the one to like, be like, Hey, can you just like for a week, just don't eat carbs and tell me how it feels. And to me, it was kind of mind blowing because I, I didn't even like stick to intermittent fasting that week. I just like try to stay under my calorie max and only mm-hmm. eat basically like protein and fat. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of amazing for me to see like how much more leveled out I felt. And, oh, yeah. And how fewer cravings I felt and how just like how like my like you could. I knew what people meant when they talk about a blood sugar spike because I knew what it was like to not feel full and not to crave food, but just to kind of exist. And I don't do keto now, but I, I try to, you know, like right now we're recording this podcast as I drink a, like a pumpkin porter beer, right? 
so it's it's not like I keep keto, but I am much more mindful of it than I used to be. And on the nights that I don't indulge, I will keep my meal low carb, um, right? And like both of these people I've met are people that have lost weight doing this and people that feel just better doing this. Um, like I don't have Crohn's, but I am really glad that my friend was able to counteract a lot of the effects of it. And, yeah. um, and it's been a slower road on intermittent fasting than I was expecting it to be because right. You will slip up. You will have one too many beers when you're with your friends, etc. Um, but it's been, really amazing to be like i am in control of my body and i don't need drugs to feel in control of my body yes exactly um for me one of the biggest things about the intermittent fasting uh is the clarity of mind that comes when you're not stressing out about food all day you're not worrying about oh this is when my next meal is going to come you know what you're going to eat you know when you're going to eat it and you have all this extra free time to just do your day until it comes to that point and then you're not getting any you don't technically have to get any different nutrition if you really don't Mm -hmm. want to you might be minimizing the effectiveness of your fast but you're not going to completely negate it as long as you don't you know destroy your calorie limit when you uh break your fast yeah there's there's so many amazing health benefits it it helped me with my insomnia Mm -hmm. i had serious issues i still have some issues sleeping but um by switching to only breakfasts on about half of the week Mm -hmm. uh, i've absolutely absolutely had amazing benefits in, in being able to not just get to sleep faster but stay asleep longer and not wake up as many times throughout the night. And part of it may be just the lack of gastric activity, but I think that there's other, you know, biochemical differences because of the uh, different hormones that are being released during that time. Normally when you're asleep, your body is going through a lot of chemical processes to uh, get things, you know, moved around, get your, uh, your, I think it was getting your spinal fluid into your brain to clear out toxins and stuff. If you're not asleep, if you're awake, uh, you you'll get hungry. If you might have noticed if you spend up up, you know, your time awake, um, and that is basically what I experienced every night. So I purposefully subjected myself to hunger throughout the day instead, um, and now it's gotten to the point where I don't even get hungry the evenings through uh thursday through saturday nice yeah it's uh some some pretty powerful stuff very helpful for me um so uh back to the the fat acceptance acceptance. yeah i i so i think that i only began to really look at it closely actually when i was at my lowest weight so when i was i know like it's a weird time to really look into it but when I was at my lowest weight, I was at 5'7", that's my height, 118 pounds, that was my like lowest weight, mm-hmm. right? That would technically put me in the underweight BMI category. Mm-hmm. And I, because I had lost weight quickly, again, right? If you're high all day and you don't feel hunger, you're going to lose weight pretty quickly. Yeah. Kids, uh, kids don't do drugs. <laughs> um, right? But, but, right, but like I actually do say... Like, look, I did what I did. Um, 
it's not uh, it's not a you know sustainable habit your tolerance goes up at some point there are not enough pills for your tolerance but <laughs> so when i was at my lowest weight i was there kind of unexpectedly quickly and i had trouble dealing with a lot of people that were very concerned about the pace at which it happened mm-hmm. and were very concerned about um my eating or not eating and it was the first time in my life that i felt remotely pretty and it was also like the same people that would before would make like make fun of the lunch i would bring to work the same people were all of a sudden like really concerned and i began to kind of google what types of lunches were you eating just real quick um so i was working in a you know cubicle setting and it was a case of like i would show up sometimes at 4 a.m and sometimes leave at like midnight right Mm -hmm. like it was like it was it was it was just a case of like you kind of live there okay like i I, i've slept at my desk plenty of times i it was a case of like right like some like at like sometimes you could show up at noon but most times you showed up like way before 8 a.m um but it was a case of like at times i like right if if if, 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 if i showed up at four i sometimes would like to eat my lunch at like 10 or 11 a.m and what were you eating and my office mate and i would trade off doing lunches and we would do a lot of pasta he was from spain but very often he and I would just like take it like a giant container of pasta and dump some like basically like, you know, t- like tomatoes and like canned tuna. Mm-hmm. And or like, you know, sometimes I was just I would just made a lot of uh, canned green beans with like some sort of fried meat or, you know, um, like we were just eating whatever. OK. Um, Right. And or like Sorry, at times like I would drink Soylent. Um, like like it, it, it was a case of like, right, like when you're working, when you're like when you're working a fast paced job and you're just pounding coffee, but you also feel like and you don't go to the gym mm-hmm. and you're just like eating for fuel and you're like just like shoveling food down your throat between emails and like I just was annoyed that the same people that were like, it's like you know, oh, like you guys will just eat pasta and tuna and whatever, ew. Mm-hmm. Like that, then those same people were like, oh, why are you so skinny now? And I just wanted to yell because, like, well, because I can't sleep for this job, so I'm doing speed and now I'm not hungry. Okay, fine, you know, like that's kind of how I felt. But I also felt like I had never encountered that before. I've never in- encountered people expressing concern about weight loss because what I felt was like, wow, for the first time I feel pretty for the first time, I feel something beyond fuckable. Yeah. And, right? and 118 at five, seven isn't, it isn't that low. I mean, it's, it's a little yeah, on the low side. It's, it's a little low, underweight, but like, it's not like anorexic yeah. levels. Yeah. Right. And, and like, and so it baffles me, people call me anorexic currently, and I just want to, like, post my thigh flab on Twitter and be like, bitch, look at this. Like, Just and, post your yeah. neck. 
the neck is the ultimate disprover yeah. of anybody asking if you're anorexic. Yeah, if you like, can't yeah. see the underside of the bone of someone's jaw, yeah. they're not fucking anorexic people. I know, right? I feel like calling me anorexic is an insult to me because I'm like, bitch, I wish I was. But it, 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 it's, a, it's an insult to people that actually suffer from anorexia, right? But like, so I began to look at the fat acceptance because I was just like, why are these, sorry, now chubby girls that before were making fun of my pasta and tuna container now are all really concerned about my weight? And it's like, it was the first time in my life where like I felt okay getting on top during sex. Sorry, but like it was the first time in my life where I was like, hey, I actually feel like you can look at me from this angle with the lights on and right mm-hmm. um it, it was the first time ever that i felt like oh i could be pretty and and, and so i i just felt like i i shall ask the internet um like how do people deal with weight loss comments and i ended up at a at a subreddit called r slash fat logic and r slash fat logic is a subreddit for people that are basically trying to lose weight and everybody mm-hmm. else saying that they're, you know, starving themselves and and people that get that keep being told, oh, it's your thyroid, it's your genetics, etc. And so it was really like a forum for people that are trying to lose weight and have a lot of like basically bucket crabs try to take yeah. them down. You know, and the, my dad know, uses that the, phrase. Uh, yeah, crab, and so like the and it's like the analogy is that if you have like a bucket full of crabs and one crab is trying to climb out the rest of the crabs will try to pull it back in yeah because they're all trying to climb out the same way through the same Mm -hmm. guy and they see the one guy and like hey we're gonna grab onto you yeah yeah and 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 so the way and and on that sub reddit r slash fat logic i saw a lot of posts about fat acceptance like huh well like what's this and then I discovered, oh, apparently there are like obese models saying that I am healthy at any size and that it's just kind of how I'm built. And the idea that if you try to lose weight by restricting your calorie intake, your body will like hold on to weight. And the fact that all oh, the like supposedly there are all so many fat people and the only reason they're fat is because they're not eating enough. And if they ate more, their body would hold on to the fat as well. You and know? all and, the studies that prove this yeah. were funded by a big food pyramid and all the massive yeah. grain conglomerates that uh, control the food industry. General yeah. Mills, Kellogg's, every, everyone under the uh, those major conglomerates, they're, they're all part of the same system. It's pushing this food pyramid idea. And, and you know, on, on one level, I, I I mean, it's obviously a problem. But on another level, I feel like it's hard to blame them on a certain level because they yeah. don't know better. And also people, right, like, yeah, like. Yeah. They're misinformed. I mean, people will be receptive to it. And if people are willing to pay for it, the market will provide and, right, it, it, it is really sad, right? And like, and I say this, right? Like, my mom meant no ill will by sending me to middle school with a pop tart in my backpack. Mm-hmm. Exactly, 
Exactly. There's no ill will toward. I mean, you just want to give your kid something that tastes good, maybe back then. Yeah. Especially it, when there's it, all these. Oh, this is healthy labels slapped on there. And it's also right. I feel like if you're bigger and you've been bigger your whole life, it and your kids are bigger because of how you feed them. It's really easier to perceive. Oh, that's just kind of how we are, right? Yeah, that's our family um, or something. Yeah, like that. Just your your big bone, your big framed. Right. That's just kind of how you are. Right. And then so for me, like, I know this is not the example to use, but it took me speed, which is not good for you at all. Kids don't do speed. (laughs) But it took me speed to be like, wait, this could be my body. This could be my face. This could be me. I'm not built this way. I've just been overeating. And because on speed, you do see how little you eat. And you're like, oh. Yeah, this is physics all along. This was physics. But then for a long time, I believed that it was impossible to not eat as little if I wasn't high all day. And thankfully, it took my boyfriend to be like, you could just retrain your stomach and your brain not to eat food out of comfort three times a day. Exactly. Exactly. The direct restriction. That's the other thing. The advice of direct restriction of calories without advising any form of eating schedule changes causes people to become ravenously hungry and then immediately makes them destroy their fast. Yeah. It's, it's destructive to the ends of health. And I think that, and this is just a prediction of mine and you heard it first here, folks. (laughs) Um, I think that our medical system is about to collapse. And when that happens, uh, capitalism is still going to be around. And the big thing that's going to come up is preventative health industries are going to see a massive boom in the near future when the medical system collapses. Because there's no way in hell this shit's sustainable. No. No way in hell. So with that being said, uh, that that's my prediction for the future. The uh, The the industry that that most supports sustainable health and preventative measures for health issues is going to be the uh the coming future i think that's where people's investments should go this is financial advice sue me if you lose (laughs) money i'm kidding don't do that i'm fucking with you that was a joke (laughs) oh but like right but like it is kind of amazing how um how long you can go through life and I would say, like, I'm not dumb. I'm, I'm not smart, but I'm not dumb either. How long you can go through life and it takes a friend at a libertarian meetup to be like, cut out carbs for a week and then get back to me, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's what I love about libertarians. It starts with paying attention to the truth in one aspect. And you end up becoming all these different things along the way. Yeah. You end up be- becoming a... Tr- <laughs> <laughs> a truther for everything. I know. <laughs> a so truther like, for anything. And it's like the the same friend when I had. I I assume it, it was COVID. I'm I'm not sure what it was because I never want to get tested. But I had all the symptoms. Everybody else Based. around me. So I mean, it was after, <laughs> it, it it was after pork fest, right? Mm-hmm. So at pork fest, everybody had the same symptoms at the same time. Tons of people tested positive. We all had the same like day by day timeline of symptoms. So I'm assuming it, it, it was COVID. But that same friend was like, how much vitamin D do you have? I'm like, ah, this much. She's like, okay, well, take this much now. Take this much later. Take this much tomorrow. Blah, 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 blah. Right? And so like, I just felt like, okay, I have this like 
guide for my vitamin D intake while I'm sick, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it is, it, is, it is kind of amazing, right? Because like, if you're not willing to trust, if you're not willing to trust society on something as big as the state, you're likely not willing to trust society about what's at a perfect level of vitamin D intake and carbs, which I think is really nice. And right, as, as you said, like, it makes sense. I've been that person for yeah. many people when it comes to their barefoot running, their nasal breathing. That's another big one that I want to do an upcoming yeah. episode on. Still haven't gotten a guest for either of those two. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, fucking, I do that for wearing hats instead of sunglasses. Huh. Wearing sunglasses is bad for your vision health. You know how having your lights on at nighttime is bad for your vision health? So I didn't know that either. I would say that I, I often don't wear sunglasses. I feel like I don't wear sunglasses enough because I wear regular glasses and I just constantly forget my sunglasses because I'm hats always are hat. better. Yeah. yeah. Hats are better for your health. You need that light. You need to see yeah. that light throughout the day. It's yeah. another addiction to comfort that we have. Yeah. That, that we, I mean, you know, hum, humans grew up seeing the fucking sun with our bare ass eyes at most the canopy blocking it out. Maybe but, a cave. Yeah. But I would say I am like what you. So I've written, I've seen what you have written about this. Barefoot running to me is like if somebody said walk on your hands tomorrow. Right? <laughs> like to me, it's still so novel, just the idea of it. And also, just for context, I am the worst at jogging outside because I love jogging at the gym, especially my old gym where there was this track and I could just run in a circle in this air conditioned space. And I could plop my phone and my water bottle down in one place. And each lap, I could stop and use the bathroom. And, right? Run and a like forest now, trail. Yeah. And find, now, a, find a yeah. one-mile forest trail. But it's that's, like... But, don't have like, to do it barefoot. Just just yeah. find a one-mile forest trail and run it nice and slow. Don't even have, don't even have yeah. to do crazy speed. Just run it. Enjoy your time. Enjoy the air. It is but basically everything even. you described. But it's not even, right? That's like, good. So, that's but good I know, for you. But, but the discomfort of it, right? The like discomfort's that's... good. The discomfort <laughs> is what makes your feet stronger. The yeah. discomfort is what makes you better at running. It becomes a mini game, actually. Yeah. This is why people... So what type of shoes do you run in? How thick are they? Um, they're pretty thick. Um, like, they're just like, you know, shoes. Yeah, they're big chonky fuckers, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, they're fucking marshmallow casts on your goddamn feet. Wearing the anti-Christ's fucking heels. The devil wears goddamn Nikes. Yeah, I actually do have Nike shoes. I bought them at a thrift store. But, like, I really like how cushy they are and how soft they are. It is very comfy. It is very comfy. But the problem is what happens is by losing that feel of the ground, Mm -hmm. you're not using your calves. Yeah. You're you're only – so – you, you have your forearm, right? You can bring out your fist and you can clench mm-hmm. your fist and you can bring your entire fist up and down, right? Yeah. Those muscles that are doing that motion there, that's the same type of muscles that do the motion that brings your foot down and forward. Um, but you can also wiggle your fingers on your hand. Can you wiggle your toes individually like you can your fingers? You should be able to if you have healthy feet. But most people who've had yeah. their feet 
their shoes, their, their feet in shoes that have narrow toe boxes or that mm-hmm. squish their toes together. Their big toe hooks inward as, or mm-hmm. hooks towards their middle toe and their pinky hook toe hooks towards their middle toe. It clenches those areas in and makes them basically unusable by your body. The shoe does the job that that part of your body is supposed to do for that moment. So what happens when you wear these shoes is the muscles that are supposed to control those practically atrophy. And look around at at uh, people who wear these shoes who are skinny and have a little bit of fitness. You'll see their calves are like tiny little rocks at the tops of their uh, of their legs instead of being nice long muscles that go down the front and back of their of their uh, of their lower leg. It's uh, it's something you can visibly notice. And now that I've mentioned it, probably yeah. a lot of you. I'm gonna be like shoe pills now. Yep, exactly. <laughs> shoe pilled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to add that to my bio. Shoe pilled. Shoe uh, <laughs> um, Well, uh, so the, yeah. the thing that that does is that that's a whole body function thing. The, the, yeah. the fact that you get that body function back, the fact that you're walking on an uneven surface, it ends up becoming a game. Finding the, you know, use your eye, locate the next perfect spot to step. Foot goes there. While your foot goes there, the eye goes to the next spot, and you keep you you uh, end up gaining this you know like this mini game you get to play while you're running. Yeah. Um, personally, I run on concrete, completely mm-hmm. barefoot, no shoes, nothing. I usually do about three miles a day. Oh wow! Um, that's that's really impressive. Thank you. Um, and like barefoot I, on concrete, so look like it's really hard for me to jog through Boston because I'm just like ah, I don't like to stop for the traffic light or yeah. there is gonna be a break in this curb here and I might trip and right because so, I I'm so spoiled I just want a flat surface with like nothing in my way in a loop. I have I actually ran barefoot in Boston. Um, oh, wow. I, I went to Boston for a convention at one point. Um, it was, uh, I think, Otacon. Um, I think that's in Boston. I'm pretty sure it was either Boston or Baltimore. I can't remember anymore. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. But uh, anyway. The name does not ring something close to me, but it, it could also be out of the loop. Um, actually, you know what? We have the internet. Um, it was in... Oh, that was Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. Regardless, big city. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ground's roughly the same. It's got glass on there or whatever. You find you end up finding an area that 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 gets relatively decent traffic. Yeah. Um, you get a little quarter quarter uh, mile route. It doesn't even have to be nice and even. You just know where your turns are to make it a quarter mile, and you run it. And it's concrete. And what happens is you get this like weird map of pain on the bottom of your foot. And it does hurt. Full stop. It does hurt at first, especially the first mm-hmm. few runs. Um, but I mean, most people, I, have them, I tell them transition over the course of like two weeks, go on a full barefoot walk on concrete for five minutes on, outside, come back home. That's it. I'll get your feet used to the, the pain. That changes your gait. Is what that does. That makes you walk differently. That changes your steps from being heel strikes to being forefoot strikes, which is the other massive thing that those heel, that large heeled, cushy shoes do. They make you strike with your heel first. 
It's terrible for your entire body. It literally injures every single part of your body along the way every time you heal strike. It injures your uh, ankles. It injures your knees, your hips, your uh, lower and upper back. And if you're really fat, it can injure your uh, neck too, your oh. neck and shoulders. Because <clears throat> your, your body has to pull that back up what what the body is supposed to do is you have an organ the set of tendons and ligaments that go between your toes and your heel called the plantar fascia most people know it because they get plantar fasciitis at some point that also comes from wearing big bulky shoes um the plantar fascia gets really tight and wound up and, and very uh knotted over time if it gets underused it's atrophied and you don't have the ability to pull your toes back you get what they call tight calves it's like your achilles tendons tugging on your foot you can't pull it up as much as you should be able to you can't push it down as much as you'd like to um so mo the plantar fascia is supposed to be like a spring it's supposed to take that impact for you. And if you're fat, like these fat acceptance nut jobs want you to be, uh, what happens is every time you, you take a step on it, it gets overstretched. So then you can't use it. You can't go to the point where you can get cardio again. So that's why I tell my people, you got to do barefoot. Like I have a coworker. When I started working with him, he was like 450 pounds. That was a year and a half ago. I uh, have had been butting heads with the advice he was getting from his doctor who told him, no, 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 no. You just need to limit your calories and, uh, and you know, three square meals a day, limit your calories, get moderate uh, exercise with good, comfortable shoes, and you'll be good. You'll lose weight. And he injured himself within a month and he couldn't work for a week. He ended up coming back and I told him, yo, um, I wear these shoes, these zero shoes, um, and these things are fucking amazing, mm -hmm. and they're super thin. I can roll them up into a little tiny tube if I need to or want to. Okay. That's how flexible they are, and I told him that. I showed it to him. I showed him intermittent fasting and to break his fasts with keto, and he ended up, uh, now he's lost 150 pounds. Oh, wow. That, that's really good. In like a year and a half, um, and it's... He's still making progress. He's finally getting actual runs in instead of just like power walks. Mm -hmm. He's he's actually getting off of the ground when he runs. And it still must be so hard at, at his weight, right? So even yeah. if he's 300 pounds, that's still going to be so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it depends on how you got there. Because <clears throat> there's... There's people who get that fat who maintain a decent amount of musculature while they do it. Mm -hmm. And then there's people who do it by just being completely fucking disgusting. Yeah. Um, the ones who do it by being completely disgusting, they, they have bodies, what I like to call spider mode. Oh, yes. Right. You have yeah. told me about that before where it's like the big stomach and tiny arms. Yeah. They got like no limbs. They got little string limbs, but they got a big old abdomen and fucking thorax or whatever. Actually, I don't think spiders have a thorax. <laughs> yeah. They just have a head and an abdomen. But uh, anyway, uh, it he he was he had the same problem. He was under the this fat acceptance spell. He was like, they were just trying to tell me that if I eat healthy, I will be as healthy as I need to be while I lose weight, and that is just not correct. 
It is just full stop not correct. You lose weight and you get healthier at the same time. They go hand in hand. They, they, it is a gradual process. It takes... God, how, how long does it take to f- fucking put on 400 pounds if you try? Years? Year and a half? If you really, really, really try being as lazy as possible and eating as fatty and shitty as you can? Like, if you want to know how to avoid being fat, try your hardest to become fat. You'll yeah. fucking learn how to <laughs> how hard that can be to actually try to do it. And so, like... That, that, like, that's kind of what I have very few, I have very little sympathy for people, for women around my weight and height who say they're just built this way mm-hmm. because I got to this place by eating my feelings after I quit speed. I got this way by dating a beard and drinking a lot of beer, mm-hmm. right? Like, like I know how I eat this, right? Exactly. Like sort of like there is a process by which we get to it, right? It's hard for me to imagine getting to over four hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah. Right. That... Like it, it's 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 honestly hard for me to imagine getting to two hundred pounds because like my picking out stopped way before that. Mm-hmm. But like. <coughs> Like, there is a way you get to it. Yeah. For me, my peak weight was 300 and... I think it was 335 pounds. Oh, wow. And Um, how tall are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 6'2". Okay, yeah, so that's tough. Yeah, um, I was was pretty big. It was hard to tie my shoes. Um, When I wanted to put my shoes on, I would, like, grab my shoes and my socks, and I would, like, turtle roll back on the bed and grab my leg and yank it towards me to put my socks and shoes on. I had high blood pressure. I'd get lightheaded when I stood up. These symptoms are not normal. These are not things that should happen to you. And if you're overweight, they're very likely to happen to you, people. If you're obese and you rapidly stand up and you get lightheaded, you have frequent headaches and nausea, you're very likely to just have weight problems. Um, Or you have a serious problem that needs to be checked out by a medical professional and you should go to the doctor mm-hmm. to actually get a diagnosis, obviously, yeah. to make sure yeah. you don't have you something have serious. Because yeah. <laughs> there yeah. are legitimately people who have had thyroid uh, tumors and gained 400 pounds while eating perfectly good food. Those poor, poor people. Yeah. The, those people do exist and we don't... That's another side to this fat acceptance movement. Those people are getting fucked over. People who get actual problems, like, yeah, I can't actually help my weight gain because I'm on, I got this hyper cancer in my both pancreas and thyroid. Yeah, right. And, and like, like at times your thyroid should be checked out. Like I had my thyroid checked out when I was 16 and I was glad to have like, like, it's better that it got checked out and they did a biopsy on it and they said it was fine rather than me never getting it checked out because that's just kind of how I build, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that right. is the uh, like a third major problem. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awful. It's, it's abusive. It's negative towards basically everyone involved in our country 
who has to hear this drivel about some specific diet that doesn't actually have any basis in real science. The only reason it has a bunch of data behind it is because any and all studies that have been funded in the United States have been towards the goal of improving the effectiveness of this specific diet. And this is why I'm not a full-blown ANCAP, by the way. This is why I'm in a, uh, I, I'm not like anti-capitalist. I, as far as like rightism is concerned, I, I'm, you know, a lefty would call me a capitalist, but I don't consider myself like any sort of full-blown capitalist. I just consider myself a general market anarchist. And it's the same sort of, you know, it's the same sort of thing. It's the, uh, the, the market will, will react. And the problem with consumerism, rampant consumerism, where the consumers, the, the emergent property of the collective decisions of the consumers is what makes the economy go in a consumerist economy. And that necessarily will eliminate good things like how it eliminated uh, shoes that had no prominent heel during the 1600s from Western culture, you know, uh, in, to the point where basically all shoes had heels uh, from about the year what 1800 to the <laughs> the 1940s when uh, sh- foot shaped shoes came out in <laughs> after World War II. Like it, it yeah, was a massive. The most I've thought about shoes. <laughs> I but, think more about shoes like, than most men yeah. I've ever met. <laughs> but but that's a good thing, right? Yeah, right? it's because, like it's something that's kind of as taken as normal, right? Yeah. And, and I feel like I, I I'm a weird person. I don't even like wearing open toe shoes, so I, I I don't own any open toe shoes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I really love the comfort of socks and shoes that cover my entire foot all the time yeah like i, mean, I, like, I, I, I wear know that it sounds really weird but like i have crazy ankle tan because mm-hmm. i don't really wear things above the ankle <laughs> but i also wear socks all season long and all summer long and so as a result of this i just have like this like tan light around my ankle and that's like <laughs> crazy and my feet are pure white and the legs are pure white wow but yeah, like, for me, I uh, my my feet. I only run barefoot, or if it's raining, I'll wear my uh, my huaraches, which are these extremely thin light sandals. Other than that, all of my shoes are minimalist shoes meant to look like normal shoes. I have slip-ons that kind of look like sneakers with no laces. I have business shoes that just look like you know business shoes they're made out of camel leather they're actually really good they're from vivo barefoot uh awesome brand the raw two men uh anyway uh i'm not sponsored god i wish (laughs) um so it's the same sort of deal it's the same sort of this is the idea that i kind of hammer on in my podcast the body of the antichrist it's all these things that have been led to over time by these systems created by man they aren't what man was meant to come with which is anarchism and i'm i know this isn't your thing but a a close relationship with god um 
it, these these are the things man is meant to live with. Humanity is meant to live with is just each other. It is the how do I put it? It's like we're playing Minecraft and coming up with the rules for our own mini games in, inside of Minecraft and being like, why does our why does Minecraft suck? Like, no, you're just playing shitty mini games. Play the whole game, sort of deal. Yeah, and look, if you were like, I can't speak about the Christ part just because I don't know what else I could add. But the most like liberty-oriented take I I could offer is this. I am in charge of my body. Yes. And I am free to the extent that I can manage myself. And I don't need drugs to regulate my hunger because through my own habits, I could regulate my own hunger, right? Exactly. And that to me is freeing, especially living in an unfree world. Something I could do every day is wait to eat until the evening or whatever my meal time is because over time it's teaching my body not to crave food at the earliest discomfort it's not teaching my body to crave food when i wake up or when i'm sad you know like it is like the way that i view it is that this is one thing that i can do to free myself yeah exactly and and what a lot of people don't know and we probably should have touched on this earlier, is uh, it is a biochemical difference you, that you are absolutely physically training your body to not feel hungry during these times. You have three hormones that, that influence... Well, there's a lot more hormones, I'm sure. Yes, you know, ghrelin, ghrelin yeah, leptin, ghrelin, yeah. and insulin. Mm-hmm. Um, for leptin, that is the hormone that satiates your hunger. Ghrelin is the one that makes you feel hungry, and insulin, as most know, is the one that makes your body store fat. Um, your body's ghrelin schedule, your, your body's ghrelin release happens on a schedule based off of when you ate last. So when you don't eat throughout the day, your ghrelin doesn't spike. And your leptin, which is the hormone that comes up to get rid of your hunger, satiates you, uh, it will come up on its own to reduce ghrelin, to reduce your hunger, without you having to eat anything if you just wait 30 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes, maybe an hour at the most. If you still feel hungry, have some water. Yeah. Or, you know, like in, in our group chat, it was kind of amazing. I only began doing this like a couple days ago, even though like I've been doing longer fast. I've gone like, over 48 hours, mm-hmm. but, but like... Drink some salt water. It's kind of I, amazing. Like, like you guys had to hammer salt water into me. <laughs> but it is amazing how much salt water can do. Right? Oh, yeah. water, but just like I like added a pinch of salt into water, drink the water. Like, okay, well, I could go to bed now. Bye, guys. Right? Yeah. yeah. It exactly. makes a difference from being like too hungry to fall asleep to, okay, bye. You know? <laughs> And being on low carb or intermittent yeah. fasting where your body's yeah. running on ketones, your yeah. body doesn't have as much of a buildup of salts mm-hmm. in it, which yeah. means that that salt, you can actually take a much higher dose of salt on a keto or intermittent fasting diet than you can on the standard American diet as well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very interesting stuff. Well, we are nearing yeah. the end of our hour, Bird. Oh, yeah. Um, 
So thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, awesome. Um, why thank don't you? For yeah, I felt like we were like all over the place, but in a really that's nice what this, way. You know, that's what this podcast is for. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, so. I'm not as like crazily uh, uh, formatted as some of the other ones, or as interview like. I'm more just come on yeah. and hate the Antichrist with me for a little yeah, bit. No, look, so. I I hate the Antichrist. Like, <laughs> like look, like whatever it means to whom, I think we're we're in this together. Yeah, exactly. There is a, we all see what this is. Yeah. We all know there is a nature that people take under themselves that this is coming. So when I yeah. by the way, just to explain it to you, I don't know if you've heard me actually directly explain yeah. it. The nature of the antichrist isn't specifically like a religious thing. It's I mean obviously the antichrist is the opposite of Christ, everything mm-hmm. Christ is anathema to, but it's also just like not using your critical thinking giving into uh the ways of this world and simply falling to the wayside again instead of fighting for what's good nature of the antichrist um all seven deadly sins lie within that and yeah. so if you can identify A lot of them anything sloppy. yeah exactly if you can identify any anything that falls under that you can easily tell where the body of the antichrist lies and you can you even if you don't like our rhetoric you can still sort of sympathize with the right and it's not even that i dislike it like i it's hard for me to really oh i didn't mean you the like, royal I, I don't you like despite, yeah yeah <laughs> um well anyway uh let's hear uh what projects you're working on and where my listeners can get a hold of you and uh just hear what you're doing uh you can find me at rothbirdian on twitter and if you're in the boston area please dm me and i can you know connect you with some people that are local and I think that's it. Yeah, at, at like Rothbardian on Twitter. If you're local to the Boston area or the greater Boston or like Massachusetts, just DM me. Okay. Um. Yeah. That, All right. That, that 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 that's it. I'm actually I'm I'm just a chick on the internet that is a bird on, on the internet and <laughs> yeah. You know. And uh, for for me, folks, uh, you can follow me at at o e u i underscore live on Twitter or visit my website o e u i dot live. Um, also, I am in the middle of moving the podcast from Washington to Montana. And I am looking to get donations to assist. I don't need any help with like living or anything. It's not like that. I have a good job. I just got a promotion and I don't have too much capital built up for the move. So I'm just looking to get some help before the move actually happens. I'm doing it in about 20 days. So if anybody would like to drop donations, the link will be in the description um, or on my website. Again, that's oeui.live. Again, thank you for listening. And to everyone left, uh, the fat acceptance movement for its crimes of accepting evil, falling to the wayside, preventing good, you are part of the nature of the Antichrist. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and have a great day. <laughs>